0: Thank you very much for the music and the worship. We are thankful to have our choir back, and good, always good to be with you. Did our youth not do a great job for us last week? It was very encouraging, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> Heard a lot of good comments. Um, Will did a fantastic job bringing us the message, and it's just great to see that our youth are involved in their church. and going ahead and learning the things that will help them be leaders into the future. So we're very thankful for that. I'm going to start a new sermon series uh, today called Pursuing Your Calling. So the question I have for you this morning, if I told you today that I had all the resources, and I mean all the resources necessary for you to pursue any vocation, any occupation, any career, or any... um, uh, maybe even a hobby or thing that you wanted to do, and that would all be there for you, if you had any of that, what would that be for you this morning? Now, some of you say, well, I've already had my occupation. I'm retired. I'm, I'm getting ready to retire. I'm not ready for anything new. But if if you had all the resources to know that you could do anything you wanted to do today, what would that be? Now, some of you might have a an answer right now. You say, I know exactly what I do. If I had all the resources and all the information and everything I needed to go for that I would this is what I would do right now for some of you you might have multiple choices you think you know what I'd have to think about that there's a lot of things that pique my interest that I would like to do that I haven't done that I would like to do now in my life and if I have all the resources I'd like to give that a shot and there might be another group who says you know what I'd continue to pursue what I'm doing right now but having all the resources to do that that would be great and I would continue to pursue that And for still others, you may have no idea at this point in your life what you want to do or what you would do if you had all those resources. You'd have to think about it. But I believe we all have a calling specifically from God as to why He created us. And you might say, well, why do you believe that? Because when I think about the incredible Bible that we have, And it's not just a book, it's a compilation of of historical accounts. It's a compilation of prophecies. It's a compilation of poetry and letters. All of that combined that we call the Bible. And it tells us throughout that God does have a calling and a purpose for each one of us. And I really believe that. I've often quoted to y'all Paul in his letter to the Ephesians that we are God's workmanship. Some translations say handiwork. And we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for each of us to do. When you think about that, we are created to do these good works. Well, what are those? And I love that verse because it tells me not only my purpose, but it tells me your purpose. It tells me every human that has ever lived has a purpose in Christ Jesus. And there's these good works that God has prepared in advance before they were even born to do. So what we need to know, and I hope what we want to know, know is is what are those good works? What are those good works? If God has planned those in advance for me, then what are they? Because I need to know them if I'm supposed to do them, if that is my purpose, if that's what God, God has called me to do as his creation. And I believe those good works are our calling in life. And I believe also they're related to our occupation, they're related to our career or our vocation, but they certainly are not limited to that it goes beyond that. So for the next few weeks, I want us to consider some of the, the characters of the Bible, their callings that we read about through Scripture. Um, through those, I hope we might be motivated. I hope that we might be inspired to focus clearly on the pursuing of pursuing the calling that God has called for us in each of our lives. So specifically this morning, I want us to consider the first calling that we find in the very beginning in the book of Genesis. Now, we're going to look, uh, having your uh, bulletin there, uh, chapter 2, verses 4 through 18, and we're going to look at that, but before that, I want us to look at Genesis 1, 27 and 28 as thinking about the first calling, because I think there's one calling that was in general for all of humanity that we read about in the first chapter of Genesis, and then in chapter 2, we read that one that was, seems to be specific for the first man who was Adam. So let's look at that. I hope we're going to have that on the screen. There you are. Thank you, guys. All right. So this is what it says. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. (coughs) So when you read that, do you realize... The fact that you and I are here today, at least two people were following that calling. Do you realize that? Nobody's laughing. You didn't think about that. Some people, two people got together and were fruitful and multiplied. So that's why we're here today. I think that's kind of funny. People were actually, have throughout history been doing what God has called them to do from the very beginning. And at some point, two people... Produced you and I and then we produced other kids and that's exactly what God created us to do as a general rule We see there in the first chapter and some of you already this morning before you got here followed God's calling By what you ate for breakfast and did many others in making that breakfast for you think about that for a minute Anybody have eggs this morning? Anybody have bacon this morning? Did anybody have the trifecta bacon egg and cheese this morning in some form? You were a part of the calling to rule over the creatures that move along the ground, the pig, the chicken, and the cow. Think about that. Now, I know if you disagree with that or if you don't eat meat, if you're vegan or whatever, I'm not making fun of that. I'm just saying there's people. Maybe you had a bowl of cornflakes this morning or Fruit Loops, but you still probably poured milk over that. And a cow didn't have to be slaughtered. But you still had to rule over that cow in order to get their milk. Is that not true? Okay. And if you had coconut milk this morning and a banana, well, just hang with me. All right. That's, a, that's all right, too. That is okay as well. All right. I have a banana every morning, so I, so I feel you. All right. All um, right. But feel good, by some of you just eating today, you were fulfilling what God called you to do. Think about that. Just by eating breakfast this morning, you were fulfilling what God called you. And now when you go to lunch today, hopefully some of y'all will think about that and go, man, I'm fulfilling what God called me to do simply by eating this chicken or whatever it is that I'm eating today. So be glad you're here. You got encouraged just for the fact that you got up and ate breakfast this morning. So let's move on specifically to Adam's calling in chapter 2. Listen to what he says. And we're going to have that up there as well. Okay, this is a little lengthy, but, but hang with me here. So, so this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. Keep that in mind. There was no one to work the ground. and evil. a river watering the garden flowed from Eden, there was, um, and from there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is Pishon, it winds through the entire land of Havilah, and there is gold. The gold of that land is good, aromatic resin, and onyx there also. The name of the second river is Gihon, and it winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris, it runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. And so here's the part I want us to see. So the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, "You are to eat, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, eat from it, you will certainly die." And the Lord God said, "It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him." So the key verse I want us to kind of focus on is that 15. The Lord took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. That was what Adam was called to do. It seems very clear from that passage that he put him in this garden. God created this garden, but he created Adam specifically to work and take care of this. Now, God gave him another job later, we'll read in verses 19 and 20, where he says, hey, I want you to name all these creatures I've made, and whatever you call them as they walk up, you, you get to name them. Well, what a great job that was to name all the animals. That was part of it. But it seems that Adam was created to work and take care of the Garden of Eden. Sure, God could have done that. He created the whole process. He created, he made the garden himself. But he says, no, I want one of my creations to take care of another of my creations. That's how I planned it. It needed care and he created Adam to give that care. His creation working together according for the purpose that he created it for in the very beginning. So after God created Adam, he also out of Adam created a woman named Eve. And God also had a calling and a purpose for her. A helpmate for Adam. He said he needed a helper and this is what her purpose was. Now I know some of you ladies as soon as you hear that. Are you getting your blood pressure up? You're already forming that stink eye, as I would call it. Like, I'm not just a helpmate. But listen, this is God's word right here telling us what you were originally, at least she was originally intended for. And it doesn't say they were created, it says that they were created to work together, that he couldn't do it. It was not good for him to be alone in doing this care of the garden. He needed help. He couldn't do it by himself. He needed a suitable helpmate to help him do that. They were created to work together. One could not do it alone one was not more important than the other they need they each needed each other in this calling of taking care of this creation of God's this garden of eden but we know that and the process of doing this and we don't know how long we don't know exactly how long it went before they decided to to veer off the plan to veer off their calling but something happened and adam and eve decided They would stop trusting God's plan. They would stop trusting God's purpose. They would stop trusting that calling that God had called them to in that Garden of Eden. Albeit, we know they were very much encouraged by the crafty nature of that serpent. But as a result of their rejecting God's plan and His purpose and His calling for another, sin entered into their lives and ultimately into our world. It was a perfect world. And they were banished, as we know, from the Garden of Eden. They had to leave. But interestingly enough, Adam would still and Eve would still have the same purpose. God said, you're still going to do the same thing, but guess what? It's going to be a lot harder now. The calling I originally called you to, I'm not taking that away from you, but it's going to even be harder. As He talked about the curse that was going to come now as a result of sin being brought into the world. It would be much harder. And now there would be this thing called death that I told you would happen. And I don't know if they even really conceptualized that, but it was coming. So we've all been living in an imperfect world ever since. We have all chosen at some point in our lives to reject God's plan, God's purpose in our life, and go with our own plan and our own calling haven't we? And for some of us, it's been different times in our lives. And yes, God gives us that freedom. That's one of the most wonderful gifts we have is the freedom of choice. And he allows us to make those choices, but he also allows us to sit in the consequences of our choices many times and feel the full brunt of that, like Adam and Eve had to do. <coughs> and sometimes we do okay for a season when we make our own choices when we follow our own calling and say you know what God I got this you can just leave me alone I'm good I know what I'm doing I know what I'm called to do I know what my purpose is and we do okay but I believe there are times in our life when God reminds us that our plan is not working it's not working for us without the original creator and the plan and the calling of the creator we are ultimately lost lost from who we really are Now, I want to interject something I wasn't planning, but listening to y'all's story about your friend. What was her name again? Valentino. Seemed like somebody that was lost. She had been hurt by the church, by some Christians. I don't know what her story was, but at some point, there was still something she longed to. And uh, y'all overheard this conversation, if I understood correctly. She's hearing somebody else talk about, uh, you know, maybe being lost or whatever. And she's saying, hey, you know what, now... There's something that has re-energized my faith in God, and she wants to pursue that again. And I think God is constantly coming after us and wanting us to do that. But like I said, sometimes we're okay for a season, but then we start having this longing. In September of 2012, Rolling Stone uh, had a lengthy interview with Bob Dylan. Y'all remember Bob Dylan? The interviewer noted to Dylan, you've described what you do as a career, not as a career, but as a calling. Can you explain that a little bit? And Bob Dylan said this, everybody has a calling, don't they? Some have a high calling, some have a low calling. Everybody is called, but few are chosen. There is a lot of distraction for people, so you might not, you might not even find the real you. A lot of people don't. And I thought that was pretty good for someone I could barely understood their lyrics most of the time in their song. I mean, I liked his music, some of it, but I couldn't understand what he was saying. But I thought that's very similar to some of the things we read about in the wisdom books, some of the things that Jesus says. Sometimes we don't really understand our calling, and we never find that out because we're disconnected from God. There do seem to be a lot of people who were lost And are looking for who they are in this world. Trying to find what their true identity is. And many times in life we find ourselves longing for something beyond this world. After being in this world and getting beat up some, we're looking for something beyond that. And I think that is that longing to be restored in relationship with our Creator. To know Him. To know that He has a plan for me. To know that He really has a purpose for me. And what is that? And I want to know what that is the uh, famous church leader from the 4th century augustine or augustine however you say it who was a, a bishop of hippo said this that's probably familiar to some of you he said this he said thou hast made us for thyself o lord and our heart is restless until it finds rest in thee And he, of of, of anybody, figured this out in his own life, some of the seasons he went to. He had quite an early life as a young man, indulging in much that the world had to offer. He had a father who was very much a pagan and followed that way. But he had a mother who was very much a devout Christian, and she followed that way. So you can imagine the tension in his life when you have two parents who are on totally different wavelengths. And his mother never stopped praying that he would turn and find Christ and connect with him as his personal Savior. And eventually, in a chaotic season of his life, he had this dramatic conversion experience that led him to Christ and eventually into his calling to be a priest and ultimately a bishop. And he would write this very significant quote in one of his 22 volumes over 12 years called The City of God. And he said this, mankind is divided into two sorts, sorts, such as living uh, according to man and such as living according to God. These we will call two cities. The heavenly city outshines Rome. There instead of victory is truth. And when I think about that written in the 4th century, I think about how true that was. And though, uh, as we go through this series the next few weeks and consider our personal calling, no matter what season of life you're in, what is your personal calling? Are you truly living according to God? Or are you truly living according to the world? And I don't think what season of life you're in, you still have to ask yourself that question as you pursue what you think God's called you to. And we might not say today that the heavenly city outshines Rome. You said, Rome? That's a fallen empire of past history. What what about Rome? Rome was great, but it is no more. At least not what it used to be. But what do we need to be convinced that is outshined by God's ultimate purpose for us? There's a lot of things in life. Is it the United States? Maybe something even more different than our democratic uh, system, our political or economic system or of a powerful nation. Maybe it's something different than that. Maybe it's fame that we're trying to find or wealth or indulgence, the perfect relationship or relationships, pleasure, power, recognition, achievement. Maybe God is calling all of us. Maybe our restless heart, our restless heart is being called to take uh, a calling that maybe we've been longing to take that we haven't really ever pursued before. In 2006, there, were 2006, there was a, a movie out called The Guardian, starring Kevin Cosner and, and Ashton Kutcher. I don't know if any of y'all saw that, but it was about the rescue efforts um, of the U.S. Coast Guard. And this movie came out about a year after 2005, which there was a big hurricane. Y'all remember Katrina down in New Orleans, and it was terrible, devastating. And so after this, this movie, I mean, after this terrible thing, and the, the Coast Guard was very, very... Um, instrumental in rescuing so many people during Katrina, they made a, this movie. And then uh, on, the, on the movie itself, you know, they have those DVD bonus features. Do y'all ever watch those on there? Well, th- this was on there, and it's pretty interesting. Um, and it talks about these different guys. Uh, one was a rescue swimmer uh, named Joseph Flythe, and he comments, he said, Hurricane Katrina really brought out what the Coast Guard rescue swimmer does, and because we were plastered all over the national media. And it was the Coast Guard rescue swimmers who you saw be lowered down and go down onto those roofs and pull people out. We were all working 18 to 24-hour days around the clock, pushing ourselves to the limit. Another guy's name was Nevada Smith. He was a a helicopter pilot. And he talks about, he says, I've been flying uh, at this time for over 10 years. And he says, Katrina was always, and we didn't know that was the name of it, but Katrina was this theoretical fiction story that everybody had in their minds that you would talk about. What if we have this tragedy and we have to save some 33,000 people? He said that was always this theoretical story. But when Katrina came, it absolutely came true. And they rescued over 33,000 people. Can you imagine that during that time? And he says that's what the Coast Guard ended up doing during that time. Bob Watson uh, was another one who helped rescue people. And he said there's nothing like looking... At the face when you're helping somebody out, you see as you're being lowered down and you see their eyes. He talked about in the video, said their eyes are just huge going, please, you've got to rescue me. Because they're on the rooftop and they're seeing that the water's coming up and they're afraid they're going to be drowned. And he said there's something powerful about being able to rescue someone. And that's a really uh, uh, fulfilling thing. And then there was another part of a rescue swimmer named John Hall. He says, I have volunteered to put myself in harm's way for somebody that I don't know, so I better be ready when that call comes. And he says, because that's my calling as far as I'm concerned, and I don't take it lightly, and and I never shortcut it. The Coast Guard rescue swimmer's motto is, so others may live. And you notice in all of those people giving their testimonies, about what they did as far as the Coast Guard. There's something powerful about rescuing another person that's in a desperate situation. And knowing that God has called you to do that is something that's very, very fulfilling in life. When we realize that there's somebody that desperately needs help, and we can give that help. When we connect with our purpose, we can't help to connect with God and His people and vice versa. So today... I ask all of us to think about what is it. In the next few weeks, we're going to look at a lot of different uh, characters from the Bible and how God called them and how what did they do with that calling and maybe some of the seasons of life that they went through to actually initiate and define their calling and what God had called them to do. Because a lot of times, it's not what we think God has called us to do, is it? We find out later through a lot of different things that God's called us to something completely different. But maybe God is calling your restless heart or my restless heart today, to take the first step of finding our calling. And taking that first step is acknowledging that our Creator and our Savior is who He says He is. And He has created us for a purpose. He has created us for a plan. And He has given us a calling. And we need to connect with Him so that we can find that and be the person that He's called us and created us to be. Acknowledging your Creator and your Savior and submitting to His plan and purpose so that you can and I can do those good works which he has called me to do. Now, it's exciting for me to hear y'all talk about connecting. We've got a, 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 a you know a young couple who's saying all these different things. That probably didn't come about at all at one time, did it? It was, it was a process that God was doing in their lives, and I think he's doing that in our lives as well. So this morning we're going to offer an invitation, and I have to tell you, if you're coming to be baptized today, we can't baptize you here today. We had a little, little problem last week, and our baptistry has got a leak in it and uh, one of the pipes, so we can't do it. But if you do come today, I promise you, and you want to be baptized, I know Mike has a pool. I know there's some other people that have them in their houses <laughs> or in their neighborhoods, and we'll get you baptized if you want to be baptized today. But that first step in finding our calling is acknowledging who our Creator is and acknowledging that He really does have a plan and a purpose for us. And a calling for our lives. So if you need to make a decision today, we're gonna Mike's gonna come and lead us in a song, and we're gonna sing that song. And if you have a decision to make, we just ask that you come forward at this time. Let's stand and sing together. <clears throat>